0: And paying it forward. Top secrets to lasting relationships, and in T for two, the glass ceiling coming all up right now on Star Style. Be the star you are with Cynthia Bryan, your personal growth expert. Stay with us. Hey, how you doing? Got a quick question. Yeah. Who was Rudolph Nuria? Rudy Nuria. Rudy.
1: Okay, I know this one. Good. Uh, wasn't he that? Nuria? Nuria. 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 Uh, wasn't he a defenseman for the maple Leafs? sure about that could have been a goalie
0: yeah hey hi how you doing uh who was louis armstrong
1: that's easy he was the
0: first guy on the moon
1: really you know one small step for me sure one giant leap for
0: louis hey young lady Uh huh. does the name caravaggio mean anything to you wasn't
1: he the guy that went out with that mob guy's sister until he got whacked
0: you know no are your kids as well-rounded as they could be Kids who participate in the arts do better in school and in life. To learn more about the value of arts education, visit AmericansForTheArts.org. Because all kids should get to appreciate Nureyev's dance, Armstrong's horn, and Caravaggio's brush. Art. Ask for more. A public service message brought to you by Americans for the Arts and the Ad Council. You're listening to World Talk Radio, where the world comes to talk. among the stars hello party partners and welcome to radio's finest hour of power star style be the star you are a program of positive book talk With authors and experts that help you excel in life while experience the beauty. My name is Cynthia Bryan. I'm always delighted to be your personal growth success coach right here on the airwaves with you every week. So get ready to pump your energy, love, learn, laugh, listen, and live your dreams through books and media because we are a show about following your heart, doing what you love, and we are bubbling with enthusiasm, energy, inspiration, motivation, information, and of course, tools for daily living. It is your own champagne for the spirit. Our Miracle Moment for today is brought to you by the Carmony Collection with The Carmony Collection is your personal handcrafted high-end bags. Go to com. that's Carmony with a K, Collection with a K, or call 619-286-1099. The first Miracle Moment is by Alan Cohen. It doesn't take much to start feeling better. Simply start doing more of what you love and less of what you don't love. How true that is. And William Butler Yeats says to us, Education is not the filling of a pail, but the lighting of a fire, while Steve Drake offers knowledge is power and enthusiasm pulls the switch. Boy, do I agree with that. Well, in our fabulous program today, you are going to meet author and motivator, Kathy Golgaweski, who she's going to discuss not only her new radio segment, The Mother-Daughter Club, but her Amazon short that touches my heart called The Gold Coin. It's all about paying it forward and is in honor of her daddy. This lady is paying it forward, and we want you to meet her. In segment two, you're going to meet author and relationship expert, Dr. Joanne White, as she reveals top secret strategies for living a life of meaning, intimacy, and lasting love. And then finally, in our tea for two, a mother-daughter brew, Heather, Brittany, and I hit the glass ceiling while outing the backstabbers who want to desire to abort your rise to the top. So as you can see, another sizzling show. It communicates our purpose that you have everything you need to be the writer, the producer, the director, and, of course, the star of your own life. We have three rules. Smile. Have fun and be wild and crazy. And, of course, we want you to read some books. And sometimes they're books that you haven't heard of, but they're all books that we believe in. Otherwise, the authors would not be here on our show. Our motto is, to be a leader, you must be a reader. So please sit back, enjoy, grab a cup of tea, tell your friends, and listen in. Well, over 12 years ago, I had the privilege of coaching an absolutely beautiful young lady who was wanting to learn to act, and she had this enthusiastic mom who really believed in creating an atmosphere of self-confidence, self-direction, and empowerment. The family moved to San Diego. We lost touch for a while, and just recently we have reconnected. I was so delighted to learn of all the incredibly positive life advancements that this amazing retired teacher has accomplished She still volunteers in the classroom teaching writing and science, and she's become a best-selling author. Her novel, Tato for Kids Aged 10 to 13, won the Golden Wings Award. It was a bestseller with her publisher, Wings Press. And she also writes fiction under a pen name and has been published in numerous anthologies. She has a fantastic newsletter called The Fiction Flyer that has fabulous information for readers and writers. And I am so thrilled that she is with me today. Her name, again, is Kathy Gugaweski, and you are going to be inspired and motivated by this lady as she discusses her Amazon short that encourages us all. To pay it forward as we should. Welcome Kathy to Boost. There you are. Cynthia, hello. It's oh, so hello. nice to talk to you again. <laughs> I, it is an honor for me to have you on my radio show. It just seems like yesterday that I was coaching your beautiful daughter, Rose, and today she is so successful and
2: happy. And she has happy. taken those lessons that you have given her, and at the time it was a fun, fun time for her, but she learned so much about presenting, and she's using those skills now in her work as a sales.
0: Isn't that amazing? You yeah. know, it's just really amazing that everything that we do in life really has a reaction for later on. So it's so important that we look at everything as a blessing and a lesson. Well, and I'm so impressed with you because when I knew <laughs> you, you were teaching elementary school here I in was. Contra Costa. You were yes. a fabulously dedicated teacher. I loved you, my job. You loved it. And you said you've retired, but in reality, you're, you're still volunteering in the classroom. <laughs> I laugh when you say that you go between the chalkboard and the keyboard. I (laughs) You are writing
2: full-time now. I am writing full-time now, and I feel so blessed to have this opportunity. Uh, I had a wonderful, wonderful career. I felt blessed with my career. A a great kid. I met and married a wonderful man about ten years ago. But, you know, Cynthia, I didn't always feel like I was blessed. I can remember before you know, I started teaching, I was struggling as a single mom trying to put myself through college after my divorce. And I had a baby. And it was about, I'm going to share with you the dream that my father had when he had his bypass surgery at St. Francis Hospital in San Francisco about 20 years ago. I went to visit him when he was there, and this dream, in an indirect way, had a profound effect on my life.
0: Yeah, I want you to share it, because whenever we talk about my daddy has been my role model in my life, too, (laughs) and I just, I find that... In in the words that you wrote and what happened to you, we can all learn something. There is a special message. It's like a message in a bottle. So
2: please tell us. I would love to. My father had this beautiful dream. When I went to visit him, he was sleeping. I could tell he was sleeping because there was, his eyes were rolling under the lids, and he woke up. And he told me that he just had this wonderful dream. In it, he said he'd been given a second chance in life, and he'd decided to become a minister. Now, this may not sound like much, except that my father was an avowed agnostic. Mm -hmm. And it was just so out of his character. Anyway, he went on to tell me that in his dream he was passing out these golden coins to people. And while he did it, a wonderful thing happened. All of their survival worries and needs vanished. They just disappeared. And what that left, after they didn't have to worry about their survival, was that they could concentrate on everything that made them happy, everything that served their hearts to make it glad. Not only that, but he told me when people passed their gold coins to other people, their survival needs would disappear too. And he said in his dream he was able to stand back and watch this incredible transformation. He said he could see the whole globe of the earth as everyone started passing and receiving these coins, and it started glowing, and he saw it it began to envelop the whole globe. And I was so moved by this dream, and I thought it must be something from the beyond, from the good forces that be. It was divinely inspired because it could not have come from my father. I mean, my dad was a great guy. But the dream was just not like him.
0: Yeah, a, this sounds like a dream that's so out of character for a person who was an ag- agnostic that this was a gift from God or whatever your belief system is. It yes, I, I'm definitely not here to pre- divinely inspired.
2: Yeah, I, I don't want to preach anything. It, it, it did feel that way to me. It's just what I believed. Right. And, and it felt good to get it, didn't it? Wasn't it a great message? It was a great message. Yeah. And I, I actually held on to that dream when he let go of it. And I thought that because he had this wonderful dream, he was going to go on and do something different in his life. I thought it meant that somehow the angel of second chances had, you know, lit his wand upon my father, and he was going to be doing things very, very differently. But you know what? He was the same. <laughs> the only really different thing he did was join the Bay to Breakers movement, you know, where you run from uh, the Golden Gate Bridge in San Francisco to a park. And he well, still that watched. was a positive. That was, that, was, that was a wonderful positive, but it wasn't what I had pictured. So gradually the dream dimmed for me, but I never forgot it. I always really believed that it was, for whatever reason, something that had come from beyond. It was a beautiful, beautiful concept, and it, it really moved me. And it wasn't until years later, actually, that I had an epiphany when I realized that this dream was not about my dad. The value of the dream was in the story itself. And when my dad told me the story, he passed me a gold coin. And I only I had, had chills. Kathy,
0: when you tell me that, that gives me that gives me chills. Oh, well, no, it, it really does because he was paying it forward and he didn't even know he was paying it You
2: know what? You don't have to. The intention was there. Right. And that's all you need is the intention. And I've actually developed steps, a few very simple steps, where I can recreate that intention and live it out. Because what happened to me after that was that... I had been struggling, as I said, as a single mom. And that's I was always tough. That that well, it was tough at the time. It didn't become tough later, but at the time, I perceived it as a struggle, and so it was. I was, and many people agree with me. I was putting myself through college, you know, and and uh, the the tuition was exorbitant, and uh, I had daycare to pay for, and I was doing this on my own. At about that time, I mean, I can remember running out of money before I ran out of months. Mm. Every single that's month. So
0: frightening. you si- know, you just said something that was is very important. You perceived it to be mm-hmm. difficult, therefore it was. Mm-hmm. Because what we think about and talk about comes about. So it was like the law of attraction. You were perpetuating that without even knowing it, which so many
2: of us do. I really believe that. I think that's exactly what was happening. But then this gold coin from my father intervened, and at that. Right after this dream, and he had shared this with me, a woman. Uh, I went to live with her. She uh, is. She lives in a rent. Her name is Elizabeth Carpless, and a beautiful individual. I had known her because I grew up with her daughter. We had gone to school together, and we established a modest rent. And you know, I was going to share with food, but you know what she did for me was. Amazing. She spent hundreds and hundreds of hours with me in the two years I lived with her. She was a teacher. I was studying to be a teacher. And she would, all I had to do was ask, and she would run to her files and rummage through and get the information or the lesson plans I was looking for. She would gather materials. There was no end that she wouldn't go to. Whatever was in her power to do to help me, she would do. And that meant a lot to me. It really meant a lot. Oh, that was, a,
0: that was such a
2: gift. She it
0: wanted was to empower you. She, so she saw the potential in you.
2: She did, exactly. You hit the nail on the head. She did realize the potential, and she drew it out. She believed in it. She believed in me. She gave me this gift.
0: And that helped you believe in you.
2: And I, It helped me believe in me. And I can remember more than anything else, sitting around her kitchen table, sometimes just talking about life, just chatting about life and, and everything that is important to us and i grew in those 2 years i lived with her i grew in my commitment and my dedication to teaching and you know i tried to pay her back <laughs> i really thought i needed to pay this woman back and so i would clean her house or i would cook her a meal whatever do you know something Since you something,
0: wanted to give something I, in return and you know it was a gift she was, was giving you and
2: she, i felt so grateful but she wasn't impressed with any of that And I began to learn from a very consistent message that what did impress her, what she was interested in, was me developing myself so I could go out in the world and make my contribution. That was what she wanted for me. That's what she wanted for me. It was very clear. And so I left that house with what I call, 20, 20 years ago this was, with this huge ball of gratitude. She just dumped this big, huge ball of gratitude on me that I've been trying to unload ever since.
0: (laughs) And that is why you are paying it forward every day. I
2: am paying it forward every day. And, you know, I'll never catch up because as soon as you start paying it forward, you start getting it back again. Isn't So then you want to pay pay it forward some more and you get it back some more and you're never done.
0: And that is, you know, to me, that is the gold coin. That is the gold in the paying it forward, is the fact that the more you give, this is, you know, the the interesting thing of life, the more you give, the more you get, and the more you have to be grateful
2: for. And people don't realize that paradox of life. Oh, it's so lovely. And you put yourself smack dab in the middle of this continuum of wonderful energy that goes forward and backward as people give and receive. And it even goes, you know, sideways. It's just omnidirectional. But once you're in the flow, you're in that connection, it really works to keep you there. So the biggest work I found, or the job is almost done, as soon as you recreate that attitude of gratitude within when that attitude of gratitude is, is within me, it automatically wants to expand. It wants to go out and give. give. It wants to recreate itself and others. It's just natural. It's the nature of, of gratitude. So creating that gratitude is so, so important. And I have done that over the years by remembering my golden coin and by remembering Betty and what she wanted for me and what she believed in for me. And And what what you accomplished
0: because of the gift that she gave you of her Mm -hmm. support, her cheerleading, her -hmm. belief, and just all the little things that she took you when you were having difficult times and totally changed a mental attitude as well as an emotional way of looking at the world.
2: She did that. She did. She allowed me to... Kind of readjust my thinking before that. If you remember, I was thinking that I was having a hard time.
0: Right, and now, and all of a sudden, you weren't. Well, you know, <laughs> you have written. This is an Amazon short, yes. and people can buy the the Amazon short for forty nine cents at <laughs> Amazon com. Yes. But I want to send them
2: to you. Oh, website. and the proceeds, all of my profits. I want to mention this. Uh, what, what profits I make will go to the Casa um, de Ampara, which is a children's charity in my town.
0: See, it's so great. You're, so you see, you're giving back. You're, it's the spirit of the forward, giving it back, making things, you know, better. But you write a lot of Amazon shorts and you also write books under a pen name. So I you do. are also known as, can we give your pen name? Sure. Okay, so you're also known as Anne Duran. I,
2: yes, I've written a, um, I just released a science, um fiction story with Double Dragon Press called Flight of the Griffin. And that was very fun to write because I got to read Michio Kaku Hyperspace in order to have the background I needed to get involved with all the space travel and the time travel.
0: <laughs> oh, that, I mean, that sounds so much fun. And in addition to this, you are now going to be on Buy, For, and About oh, radio. Yes. You've got your own yes. radio segment and I'm so it's excited. called the Mother Daughter Club. Oh, it is! is.
2: It is! It's a mother-daughter club and it's a segment of Buy, For, and About Women Radio Network. This show is about, anybody can listen. A lot of our listeners happen to be women. And we talk about those things that are important to us all. And I'd like to define the bond for our show that what makes it unique is this. And I think our listeners will understand this. If you put 12 women in a room from different countries all around the world, and you put them all in a room together, and let's say they can all speak the same language, they can understand each other. Don't you think they're going to have a different conversation than if you take 12 random men from 12 different countries around the world that can also understand each other and put them in a room? Don't you think those two conversations are going to be different? Absolutely. It is that unique bond that women share that we will be addressing
0: Uh, and that is so much fun now I want to give out your website because you have numerous books you also have this fantastic newsletter that I love called the Fiction Flyer which readers, writers you know you get so much great information and uh, tips so your website is www.try-studio.com is that correct? That's
2: correct. It's T-R-I-T-R-I-studio.com. Well,
0: Kathy, it is a pleasure to have you on the show. (laughs) Give a big hug to Rose when I look at the I would do that. You guys look like twins. I I know. Exactly. (laughs) You guys are totally like twins. You're a total delight. The name of her Amazon short is called The Gold Coin. Go to Amazon. And people want to find,
2: if they want to find it, the earl is so long, the easiest way to go there and find your short, too. I know you have a short there, don't you, Cynthia?
0: I do. I do. But go to try-studio.com and find Kathy Short she has several of them so Kathy Gogolewski and the, Kathy the, her Guglielski Amazon store, I know that fine.
2: I, I was Kathy Schneider when you knew me. And
0: right. I got I And that's why I didn't recognize you when we got back in contact. I and and, like, and now I'm Kathy Guglielski. And my, my third graders used to say, let's go ski, Mrs. Guglielski. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much. You've been listening to Cynthia Bryan on Star Style. Be the star you are. We're going to be back in a minute. And we have top secrets to lasting relationships. Stay with us.
3: No stroll in the park. This business, like no business, can hold you
1: in the dark. If that voice keeps calling you, the choice is in your heart, then this
2: business. Listen. The world is talking. World Talk Radio. This is a wrench. This is a wrench and a can of beans This is a
0: wrench, some canned goods, a flashlight, gallon of water, batteries, a can opener, first aid kit, radio, supply of medications, and some extra cash When we bring all these things together, we have a disaster supplies kit With a list from your local Red Cross, you can assemble all the supplies you need to prepare your home and family for an emergency or disaster When we come together, we become part of something bigger than us all To assemble your own kit, visit RedCross.org The American Red Cross Together, we can save a life Be the Star You Are showcases incredible authors and experts who enhance and inspire your life. Be the Star You Are is a 501c3 charity dedicated to empowering women, families, and youth through increased literacy and positive message programming, such as this radio show. Please visit the website, org or call 877-944-STAR, toll-free. Get involved, make a contribution, and thank you for helping women, families, and children reach for the stars. Well, do you know the secret to maintaining a long-term relationship? Do you want to be in love, but somehow you just keep meeting the wrong mate Author, therapist, coach, and seminar leader, Dr. Joanne White, is known the world over as the success doc, and she has helped thousands of couples as well as individual men and women overcome challenges and find more satisfaction in life and in love. Her newest book is called How to Love. Secrets to Lasting Relationships. Welcome, Doc White, to Star Style. Be the star you are.
3: Thank you so much, Cynthia, for having me. It's a pleasure.
0: I'm excited to talk to you. I love your book because it is short It has big writing, wonderful chapters, it's right to the point, and anyone can read this in one sitting and get tons of information. And I'm gonna start off with the introduction. You say that relationships are like children, and I couldn't agree more. They need care, loving attention, commitment so they can grow and be successful. So why do you think, in your numerous years of coaching, teaching, and working with couples, that People today cannot establish or maintain a happy, healthy relationship.
3: I think there are so many reasons, but I think the commitment piece is a a key, Cynthia. I think so often we are so apt to run when something gets uncomfortable rather than stay and stick it out. And oftentimes couples are going to disagree. There are going to be situations whereby there are difficulties and challenges. And I, I say in my book that it's important to weather those storms. It really can help people be closer together and really can help people grow together as well as growing separately i think it's so important that people also learn how to speak each other's language it's not just the differences between men and women sometimes it's just the differences between individuals some people are more visual some people are more auditory and it's important rather than getting frustrated and rather than running to really find out and understand what that person is about and really spend time learning each other's language.
0: Well, you hit it on the nail. I think people aren't willing to put the time and effort if it's not easy and perfect, you know, they run. And one of the things you talk about that I thought was very important in your book is you talk about we every relationship has a habit and that we create we can create good habits or bad habits and we got to, we have to really learn how to be comfortable with the behaviors that we are create and practice positive um, affirmations and positive reinforcement.
3: Yes, that's true. I think what happens with any habit, and we do this either individually or in relationships, is we get comfortable with it. And when we get comfortable with it, we don't even realize because it's just happening without our conscious awareness. We don't even realize when that's coming up. So let's say in a relationship, if we're used to yelling at one another rather than really sitting down and talking something out, we begin to perpetuate that. It becomes a habit. And it is practiced over and over again, and therefore we wonder why we're uncomfortable. And yet it's very hard to break habits, as many people know. And when we get into these habits, we don't know how to get out of them. So I say that it's really important, particularly in the early stages of any relationship, to be aware, to really be conscious, and to really look and see what kinds of habits you're establishing for the present and for the future and even for those relationships that have been around for a while, lasting relationships I think it's important that people discuss well why what's happening? Why did we get into this rut, into this particular way of relating and if we don't like it let's actively and together figure out what we need to do to consciously and lovingly change it. I think lovingly is a key too because often people just Aside from being impatient and wanting to run, people just get uncomfortable and they forget that that each of us is such a precious individual and we do need care, just like we were talking about earlier about each relationship is like a child. Each individual needs care and attention and kindness. And I think sometimes when we get so used to being with somebody, we forget the politenesses, we forget the little niceties that we afford other people that we, in, in any conversation or in any interaction. And in my book I say please don't. I see that so often when I'm counseling couples and individuals, their anger about what, how they're made, their partner is treating them, just, just a throwaway word or, or a, a cast off remark which really can cut to the core and really can have some long lasting consequences.
0: And well also, you know, a look. I think after you've been together a while, somebody can give you a glance or, or they just have one little snide remark and it can set you off. And so it's so important to know what the trigger points are. And if you really love somebody, you stay away from them.
3: That's true. And I think that that the key to that is communication. I think that, that no matter how long you've been together, that you need to constantly talk over, is this something that's okay? Do we need to change this behavior? Is this hurting you? Is this hurting me? And what do we need to do to really make the relationship and us come out on top?
0: And that's so key. Well, there's in your, also in your book, well, your book is filled with these top secrets, but another one I wanted to bring out, you'd call it a breathing room, and this is one that I've seen often is when couples get together, they become possessive of one another, and then they don't, you know, go out with their friends and they lose contact, right. etc. and it's almost like they want to own each other, but that is really a way that you can get in trouble. It's sort of... You know, the way to disaster. I mean, you're not going to maintain a relationship if you have nobody else in your life, right? Right.
3: I totally agree, and I talk about that, as you said, in the book, too, because I think that it's important to grow ourselves that's I think I believe wholeheartedly that we're here to grow and to be all that we can be both individually and in a relationship and if we are jealous or too possessive as you say and we don't allow that person or we get hurt when that person wants to establish other relationships or go out with friends or even do something different in their career or with their interests that what we're doing is we're really not only shortchanging them, but we're really shortchanging ourselves because when that other person, when our partner goes out and shares with other people and goes out and, and really does something with a, with a new goal or a new hobby or a new activity, they can actually enrich the relationship and add new vigor and new vitality to it. And I think that when we are too possessive, we're not only hurting the person, as I say, but we're also not allowing the freedom that everybody really needs. I think well, that the it grows.
0: I mean, right. as you were just saying, is that you bring something new to the relationship when you let the people, each person in the partnership, be who they are. Because what were we attracted to in the first place? We were attracted to our differences and what we are. Not that we we're supposed to make each other into something that we're not.
3: Right. So often I see people that that get very bored. They're doing the same thing and and they have to go to the same places and and their partner says they don't want them to go out with their friends, with their girlfriends, with, with their buddies or whatever. And I think that that's a signal, a red flag, that they're putting the relationship in jeopardy. And part of being together is to really enhance one another. And I talk about that a lot in the book, to really, you want the person that you love to be all that he or she can be, yeah. and by not by not allowing them to be with their friends, then you're, you're, you're stopping that, and you're also dampening the relationship.
0: See, I love that. You know, when my husband and I got married, okay. we um, made a banner that we put in the church, and it said, Together we are three, you, me, and we right and we have lived that always because it's like you know together we're more than just as individuals because we bring each different things to the relationship now Something that's really fascinating to me in your book that I think really helps people is you have exercises. Yes. And so you ask questions and you give people some work to do that they can write down so they really can figure out what they're thinking, what's in their heart. And one of them that's in your earlier chapters, I thought was so important. It's a good way to start it off. Is why do you care? Why do? You, what is it that you love about this person? You know, what is it that is that is. Uh, is good about the relationship what's bad about it because in the early stages of love everything is the honeymoon
3: that's true you know i i had somebody who had read this book a couple who's been married twenty five years and they particularly liked the exercises. They said it actually allowed them to really go back in time and to rethink that particular exercise that you, you mentioned. To rethink why they're there, and and it was a, it was very wonderful in helping them renew some of the reasons, and rekindle the, the old flame. So I think it's very important, even if the relationship isn't new. I also wanted to say something about what you said with you and your husband, because I think that banner is beautiful. I think a relationship, there's you and your partner and the relationship, I think the relationship has an energy and a life and a vibrancy and a vitality of its own, and what each of you brings to it, both individually and and together really makes that relationship very wonderful and makes that relationship explode in a wonderful, beautiful way.
0: And that's how you grow in intimacy, I also believe. Is, yes, you I know, do too. By the sharing. And, you, of course, you have chapters on that. And I wanted to just uh, read out some of the th- rules uh, okay. that you have for true intimacy or what it means, not rules, but the tools. That's You feel safe and treasured. This is when you have true intimacy. You feel respected. The emphasis is on equality. Communication is open and valued. Differences are appreciated. Each person is recognized for who he or she is. When the going gets tough, you stay together and you fight for the relationship. Forgiveness and gratitude share an importance in your relationship. And you're acknowledged for your efforts, and so is your partner. I thought that was beautiful what you wrote there. Thank talk, you. Because to me, that really embodied the message of intimacy. and. Most people look at intimacy as being sexual, and that's not what you're talking about at all. No,
3: not at all. I think intimacy is is really connecting with another person, another soul, on a really very deep level. And in order to do that, you have to allow for that person to feel safe and to be vulnerable. And, you know, vulnerable oftentimes gets a bad name, but vulnerability is really a very beautiful thing and a very beautiful experience if the Partner whom you're with allows that and, and is respectful of that too. Wouldn't it be wonderful if every day we can go to sleep and say to our partner, thank you for being in my life. I've been thinking about that as I was writing this book because what a wonderful expression and celebration of not only your love and your partnership but also a way of validating that person that's with you. And it doesn't mean that everything is smooth all the time but it means that you cherish that person for who they are and for the differences, as you and I have been talking about, that make you a wonderful combination. And sometimes it's the differences that that we're very much attracted to.
0: Well, you know, you just made such an important uh, point here, is that so often we thank others for the little things that they've done or we thank them for being in our life, but we forget so often, we take it for granted to thank our partner. Right. And that is an absolutely beautiful way of just before you go to sleep at night to celebrate your togetherness and just the fact that you understand one another because who else, you know, sees you and when you look terrible and you've got the bags <laughs> right. under your eyes and you don't smell good, you know, I mean, I, we always feel like i always said wouldn't it be great if if our partners were treated us like the dogs treat us you know you come home from work and they don't care if you've had a bad day they love you anyway Right, they love you
3: anyway and and i think that that's part of a very special bond to really love that person in spite of how they look and in spite of whether or not they're in a good mood or, or whatever but to really show appreciation and i think that It's so important to, in terms of developing honesty and trust to be able to accept the other person for who he or she is. And oftentimes we're always ready to call upon the other person's shortcomings and rather this is a new way of looking at it. You know, the secrets aren't really new at all. I think this is something we know intuitively and we know deep within our hearts and our souls. However, we forget. And we forget to practice loving. We forget to practice kindness. We forget to practice how to be in a partnership, in a relationship. And I say in the book that it's so important that relationships and growing together really takes practice. And I remind people, couples and partners, to keep practicing because I think that over time with practice, with loving kindness and acceptance, And communication and mutual understanding, we get it right. But it does take time. It's not an overnight thing.
0: Well, you list 12 keys to a lasting relationship. And to me, these uh, keys are imperative. Love, honesty, trust, communication, appreciation, mutual respect, commitment, friendship, sharing, and together time, fairness, forgiveness, and playfulness. And just to, to concentrate for a minute on the playfulness, To me, when you talked about that in your book, I found that to be extraordinarily important. You still have to have fun no matter how long you've been together. You have to be able to plan little getaways, and you still have to giggle, and you still have to do things that give you those little butterflies.
3: Right. Particularly if you're in a relationship for 15 or 20 or 25 years, you have to find ways to enliven it. And the ways don't have to be expensive or elaborate. They can just be... Little things, having a mystery night, I talk about in the book, where you just are playful. I think so often we're so burdened down by our work and our responsibilities that we take life so seriously. We take ourselves, we take our partners so, so seriously, and we do need play. We have to recognize that living, is, there's, there's a joy in living, that being in relationship, being in a loving partnership is joyful and can be playful. And I think that enriches not only the relationship, this wonderful entity unto itself, but it also enriches each partner.
0: And you, in one of your exercises, you actually uh, say to ask each other what gives you pleasure and what's fun to you. Yeah. And then, then you can actually go from there. So, you know, I mean, if you really find out, we have to remember that we're not mind readers no matter how long we've been together.
3: That is so true. And And oftentimes we expect the other person to know, but we really need to get information. And so some of the exercises, as you say, are designed just for that, to really kind of allow yourself and allow your partner to do a little bit of evaluation and sharing, and it also fosters communication. So, for example, as we're talking about play, so you know what's playful for for you and for one another. And, you, and not only do you know it, but you act on it. I think action is also very important there, too. We can hear what our other partner is saying. We can listen. But when are we going to act on it?
0: Well, Doc White, this is a really special book. And as I said at the beginning of um, our segment here, it's simple. It's things that you know but you might have forgotten. It's laid out in a very easy-to-read way that you and your partner could sit down and do these exercises. Together and make this a playful thing. The name of the book is "How to Love: Secrets to Lasting Relationships" by Dr. Joanne White. I want you to go to her website, www.docwhite.org, and that's just D-O-C. W H I T E. Should we give out your toll-free number as well? Oh yes,
3: please. Eight seven seven. Doc White. D O C W H I T E. And I'd love to hear from you.
0: Well, thank you so much, Doc White, for being on our share show and sharing your top secrets. And you know, may we all continue to love and live and cherish the relationships, and most of all, to celebrate every day. Thank you so much for being on Star Style, Be the Star You Are, the book again, How to Love, Secrets to Lasting Relationships. You're listening to Cynthia Bryan on Star Style, Be the Star You Are. Stay with me, Heather Brittany and our T for Two coming right up. Can hold you in the dark,
1: if that voice keeps calling you, the is in your heart,
3: Hi, I'm Morgan Freeman. America's national park system is one of the best ideas our country ever had, and I've got a lifetime of memories to prove it. But our parks are in trouble. Inadequate funding and other pressures are risking some of America's most awe inspiring places. To help, visit www.americansfornationalparks.org or call 1 800 NATPARK. 1 800 NATPARK. There's just too much to lose. Business Bites.
0: Here's Cynthia Bryan. Just like their personal trainers at the gym, these days there are personal trainers for careers. These executive coaches help everyone from CEOs to the young entrepreneurs set priorities and follow through on business plans. Good career coaches and life coaches ask questions about your values and goals and help you devise a plan to meet them. They can motivate you to focus and encourage you to achieve your dreams. Today's Life Coaches will work with clients not only on job challenges, but also on family issues, social lives, artistic aspirations, and spiritual needs. Good coaches ask lots of questions, but before hiring a coach, make sure you're the one that asks some questions and get references from satisfied customers. The profession is not as yet licensed or regulated, but a good coach will help you make a change swifter, faster, and better, and it can turn your life around. Remember, you're the star of your own performance. Turn your passions into profits. I'm Cynthia Bryan with another Business Bite from Star Style. You're listening to World Talk Radio, where the world comes to talk. You for staying with us. We're back. This is Star Style. Be the star you are. I am your personal growth expert, Cynthia Bryan, and with me is my co-host and T for two, a mother-daughter brew beauty, Heather Brittany. Hello, hello. We're known as the Stella Donna Goddess Gals, which means the Star Lady Goddess Gals. And you can visit our website at Stelladona.com. That's S-T-E-L-L-A-D-O-N-N-E.com. Well, we. We know from research that women make only 76 cents for every dollar that a man makes. And despite our cries of equality, we're not equally paid for equal work as of yet. And in addition, the number of CEOs, presidents, and vice presidents that are women in Fortune 500 companies are not equal to the number of men. Yet when we talk about hitting the glass ceiling, is it men that are keeping us from the top? Or could it possibly be that women are sabotaging other women? Well, our Communication women Studies major, Heather Brittany at San Diego State mm-hmm. University, has been studying this phenomena, and you might be surprised at some of the results that she has found out. Well, first I want to clarify of people that don't know the term. The term glass ceiling refers
1: to any situation where the advancement of a person within an organization is limited. And why the glass ceiling is that, Someone can see the top, you know, they see that higher up position, but it seems that the higher up they go, they, they reach a point where they're no longer to advance, and that's the glass ceiling is that there's something blocking you there. And the situation, it's just limiting, and so it's transparent. And according to this uh, company called Catalyst, they it's a nonprofit group that does research within uh, big organizations, they ask 296 executives of both genders to rate the percentage of effectiveness on males and female leaders. And some interesting thing when they're asking that people said that women tend to be better caretaker behaviors and men seem to be better at networking. But these perceptions aren't really a reality. And actual things I found that women are top CEOs of companies, the only thing is that there's fewer of them. And the thing is that because we've always had this perception that Women are the caretakers, they are more gentler, but you know many people with the whole thing about the 76 cents on the dollars, There's all you know. There's rival things. People saying you know about women not getting uh, equal pay, and we even had the, the Equal Pay for Women Act, and it was an issue involving the inequality between men and women. And certain people say, well, women choose lower-paying jobs because of maternal instincts. They're going to miss more work because they're having children, or this and that. But to equal say, because they're the mothers of this world, you know, we've discussed it in other shows, but there's still, uh, the biggest, one big thing behind feminism and the whole feminist movement is ending these gender roles, is ending it so it isn't such a controversy that if a woman, uh, goes to work and the man stays home and raises the child, how there's still this stigma over it, but a woman's almost frowned upon that, you know, she shouldn't take a, a higher uh, position. But the bigger thing about it is because there's this glass ceiling, because such a limited amount of women are actually able to break through to that glass ceiling and get to these higher positions, it it, it uh, creates an extreme competition. So within our group, women are going to become more cutthroat and more have this desire to beat out other women. We discussed this too in, uh, in another segment about how the cattiness in jobs and how oftentimes the big thing is that, you know, when you tell people about feminism, how they... they they get this really anti-male vision of a woman. But so much of the problems within it are from women themselves working against each other, having these negative views. So that's why there needs to be more of encouragement for there to be more pro-women, pro-organizations, and possibly even more networks where it's uh, almost like a Fortune 500 of all women so that they're working together to break this glass ceiling and just go up.
0: Well, you know, I think that part of it is... Are women aligning themselves with other women who have self-confidence and self-direction and who love themselves? Because I know that in my situation, and you experienced it as well, that, you know, it seems that the younger you are, there's more jealousy. And especially in maybe junior high and high school, girls seem to experience more jealousy. By the time you get to college, Hopefully you've matured enough and you have your own direction and you can find women with interests that they don't have to be the same as yours, but that they have at least the same goals and ambition and and care. So you have a bigger pool of people to choose from. So. It, it seems to me that you can eliminate the backstabbers, you know, the ones that just like the song, you know, that they smile in your face, but they'd like to take your place, they're backstabbers, that you can get um, and not even have to deal with them if you're careful on who you choose to be in your circle.
1: And a, a really big thing about for, to get women to advance and break through this glass dialing is their communication styles? As we know before, is that women are looked at, you know, as a softer-spoken, more gentle, nurturing kind, uh, which tends to you you like that person, but you have a lesser respect in, for them, and almost uh, you feel that you could boss them around possibly a little, a little bit more. And this is a, if you're a higher-up person, you can't have the people below, you know, I don't want to say below, but the people working for you not have that respect for you. And it's kind of uh, created, you know, it's, it's conditioned it, into it to job that, you know, girls for the dolls, right? they don't speak up as much. But um, really, you know, when the women's, kind of the downfalls in the, the workplace, they may be using too many words to deliver a serious message. I know that's a big thing for me. I, I tend to want to give so much detail so that people understand every little thing. Uh, just because I feel, though I accept it when people, you know, if I ask them a question, they just give me very blunt things. I feel, though, when people ask me, they're expecting more from it, so I I end up just kind of carrying it on and on. And people lose attention with that or, they, they, you know, they don't take it as seriously. Or they downplay their contributions or they use vague language or
0: phrasing statements as questions. And really what people, you know, in order to improve And what this, do you mean by that, Heather? You mean like. That, w- that, uh, women in general are less likely to toot their own horn. Exactly. They're less, as we've known before, you know, the only,
1: uh, I think just recently we talked about, you know, if you gotta, if you want something, you've gotta ask for it. The worst thing right. is that ask someone can say, say re- no. Um, but oftentimes women feel that, you know, if they haven't been offered these opportunities, or they see it, you know, they see this, they see this great opportunity, they know they have the equal ability to a man, but they feel that because no one's encouraged them on it, that, you know, you could just, they're less likely to speak up and let their voice be heard on these things. Or in the backlash of it is that, you know, the thing with the competition of women is another one may speak up but negatively towards the other one, you know, being something else, giving vague behavior that. And really, you know, something to help these women or help even yourself is working with a mentor or a personal coach who can help you clear your communication style and uh, help build a company and a confidentiality within you. So it's really, you know, it's, it's something that you know, fake it till you make it. If you express that you've got this confidence, you've got this desire, not the cut through effort. The the you know, hard thing that we've seen about that how there's so few, only I think it's about eight percent of women are at the top of these five, uh these Fortune 500 companies, and um, you know they've uh, they've acquired a lot of respect that they're there, you know that they're. They're beating, you know, they're above the percentage of this, that there's so few. And this goes with minorities, too. Why is it so that we're so amazed, oh my god, there's a woman trying to run for the presidency in the next election, or an African American, you know, that, you know, these are oddly enough, this, those people make up more of the country than, you know, the white anglo saxon um, But yet there's still the stigma of it. And so the, there's the thing, too, that if women, you know, don't want to be the stay-at-home mom, or women don't want to just settle for the secretarial job. They want to be the boss with the secretary. Uh, It's seen as, you know, this negative, you know, uh, bitchy kind of – they're looking at negative things for having the same work
0: ethics as a man. So I think what we're seeing more of now are women-owned businesses and women entrepreneurs, and that is very exciting to me. I mean, I think it's really exciting to know – that we will have a woman president and at, at some point here and that is going to really start equaling the playing field a lot more. And the fact that when, if you, if you really b- believe in what you're doing, you can always find a mentor and just find, and if you are a woman and you would like to advance, find a woman coach. Find someone who's going to give you the skills and who says, hey, I want, I want to help you survive. I want to help you thrive. I want to help you get further along. I know that people say to me sometimes when I'm coaching, I've had people say, gosh, you have, you're coaching women and you're giving them all your secrets and you're giving them all the things that have made you successful. And I said, absolutely, I want to pass it on. As as Kathy Gugliewski was saying earlier, it's like, pay it forward. You know, it's, to me, I want to help as many people as I possibly can find their mission and their purpose and and do great in life. And then I feel, my my gratitude and my payoff is I feel like a little mother hen that I might have had just a little bit of input in helping somebody else achieve their dream. That's and there right. are many, many people out there that feel that same way and want to help you. So stay away from the backstabbers. You don't need them in your life, right? And have a support squad like we've always talked about. Exactly. And what I think is so great
1: that you brought up about these women entrepreneurs, these women starting the company. I know for me personally, I've always had more male friends than female friends. And, I mean, I love them. I I wish I you know, had a few female friends I do have. I adore them. They are the most amazing girls. The thing that I've always I've experienced so much in my life is unnecessary jealousies. If you, girls, you know, I feel when I walk into a party, I have to be, you know, Instantly, I always try to compliment someone. You know, say, "Oh, I love this." going kind to of break the ice, that I am not, you know, not I am fat. the least threatening person here. But something that, you know, why, you know, we talked about how in these companies how women are cutthroat against each other. Because most of the time, it's a male-female, um, you know, uh, people working together like that. If you're going to find, if you're looking for women empowerment, women that want to work with other women to succeed further. That's the best way to go is women um, women owned companies are, women but they have a higher percent of women in the right.
0: Well, like I was telling you about the beautiful lady I met this past weekend exactly. Her daughter was a women's study major and she works with the daughter works in this fantastic company that's owned by four women and the daughter has brought on two more of her friends and so it's all women and they are empowering one another. There is no backstabbing going on. It's like How can we make this, you know, how can we make the best better? And that's what we want. So I I really think that the bottom line on the glass ceiling is don't believe that there's a glass ceiling. I believe that the sky is the limit. Reach for the stars. And you believe that you're going to land on them. And when you do that, you will. And circle yourself, surround yourself with empowered, passionate, Self-confident people who have their wagons rolling, and you can hit your star on their wagon as well, and you do it all together. That's what TEAM stands for. Together, everyone achieves more. Well, Heather, as usual, another fascinating T for Two segment. Let's give out the website. Most definitely.
1: As we said before, uh, we want to check out stelladone.com. everything for the website. The Cherry, Be the Star You Are, This Radio Show, All the Wonderful Books with My Cynthia Bryan. Check out www.svlabonne.com.
0: Well, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate your listening every week. Thank you to Jeff, our engineer. And we'll see you next week. And remember that you're one of a kind, you're unique, and you have the power to be who you want. Until we celebrate next week, I'm Cynthia Bryan. And I'm Hannah Brittany. And Be the Star You Are. Have a great one.
1: Your smile
2: Be the star you are Show the whole wide
0: world your smile